0: I'm Marius Masilar with Tracksounds.com, and you're listening to a soundtrack review of Napoleon Total War by Richard Beddow, released in 2011 by Sega Records. I don't know what it is about real-time strategy games, but it's often the case that they inspire some of the finest game music across any genre. The Total War series has always been an example of this correlation, and Napoleon Total War continues the trend with a glorious and organic score by Richard Beddow and his team of co-composers, Richard Birdsell. Ian Livingstone, and Simon Raven. It begins with a strong theme. Napoleon Bonaparte serves as a stirring and noble calling card for the Emperor, with stately strings giving way to a mighty choral outburst before fading to a gentle outro. This is a magnificent opening, and Corsica Humble Beginnings, as well as Napoleon's Promise, develop the theme in a darker form. The second cue quickens the pace briefly and comes to another dramatic peak, signalling the end of the introductory tracks. Preparing the Arcole Charge is the first of the preparation tracks, played while players make plans for their next mission. The first of them is a gentle but tense militaristic underscore with poignant brass escalations near the end that help set the scene for the album's first battle sequence. Unfortunately, the battle at Arcole is short and quite forgettable, It gets the blood pumping well enough, but it's certainly paced according to the slower action of RTS games. This is true of Naval Battle at St. Vincent, the sixth cue, even more, though this cue features some interesting low woodwind flourishes and percussion interjections. Perhaps the most unusual portion of the Napoleon Total War score is the inclusion of three faux classical pieces composed for the game, each in several movements. Classical purists will, of course, be very amused by the so-called string quartets, which barely manage to poke above the four-minute mark in total, and thus seem quite hollow and unsatisfying despite the authentic feel of the small ensemble. Accordingly, while string quartet 1, chamber music, movements 1 to 4, is undoubtedly pretty, the entire suite feels like little more than a set of short exercises for the musicians. The gravitas is a testament to the emotive talents of the musicians more than the emotional content of the music itself and of the four movements, the final one is the most beautiful. The full ensemble returns in force, with strong rhythms and whirlwinds of string and woodwind runs dancing throughout Napoleon heads to the east, the 11th cue on the album. The east is immediately acknowledged with a pleasingly oriental bassoon melody at the onset of planning the Alexandria invasion. This motif is explored in more detail as the track progresses, but the mood remains mellow at least until the Mamluks attack, of course. This is the best battle track up to this point, and everything from strong rhythms to swirling xylophone runs help accompany the strongly eastern-scale melodies in the strings and brass. It's a lot of fun to listen to and feel similar in spirit to music from the Mummy films, especially the first. The eastern feel remains intact throughout the 14th cue, Desert Preparations, and the Battle of the Pyramids but only the latter is worth revisiting since it carries on the energy of the previous battle cue, albeit less frantically. The similarity to The Mummy is even stronger in this one. With his business done in Egypt, Bonaparte moves from Egypt to France, with a stunning, if annoyingly short, transition cue that brings the choir back into the picture. The string quartet also returns, although briefly, for The Art of War, the album's 17th track. This time around, the cue is at least long enough to have a noticeable musical arc, which immediately makes it feel more interesting to listen to. And the performances are as precise and engaged as before. Which brings us to the second set of classical pastiches on the score, the choral music, movements 1 to 4. Like the first string quartet, these suffer from cripplingly short track lengths, making them breeze past. The magical quality of human voices saves them, though, as even the most banal of musical phrases sung by a talented choir captures our attention and stirs our hearts. Altogether, they are beautiful to listen to, but one wishes that the in-game context had allowed them more room to develop and really flesh out these segments into more meaningful cues. As it is, we're quickly thrust back into the fray with the 22nd cue on the album, Threat of Naval Conflict, another tension cue. Muted brass and uneasy string lines brood away sullenly and set the stage for HMS Victory. The vessel's theme is dramatic and threatening, and the churning strings return less menacingly in the next cue. The Napoleonic Code is one of the livelier pieces on the album and is also one of the few straight reprises of the main theme. This is an extremely attractive variation, once more hindered by a short length. The ensuing battle cues, the battle at Austerlitz and naval strike at Aix Roads, are both satisfying, but the first is the more interesting of the two with exciting flashes of orchestral fireworks. Entering the album's closing stretch, Napoleon's ambition is an amazingly powerful cue that delivers a huge climax very quickly before being snapped short at under 40 seconds. Shame. What follows is the last of the classical pieces, the second string quartet. String Quartet Number 2, Chamber Music, Movements 1 to 4, is an even less interesting collection than the first. The third movement, for instance, is literally nothing but a sequence of completely unembellished chords separated by dead silence. Whatever beauty lies in these prosaic exercises is, once again, owed to the musicianship of the string players, who have done their best to make it sing. Napoleon Plan's Waterloo opens with a haunting muted string statement of one of the themes presented in the choral music. It unfolds into a very dynamic track that is at times moving, and at others, edgy and rhythmic. The somber underscore in the 33rd cue, Fields of War, seems dull by comparison, even though it's a completely successful cue in context. It isn't until Waterloo, the final battle cue, that some energy is regained. Interestingly enough, the battle cue doesn't seem to be as compelling as the preparation cue in this instance, which is unfortunate since it's the climatic final battle at stake. Luckily, the heavy choir-supported mourning of the defeat at Waterloo redeems with its heart-wrenching sadness. Napoleon Total War ends with The End, a respectful and utterly gorgeous rendition of the main theme, colored by some of the sub-themes that cropped up over the course of the album. From the plaintive oboe to the choir's beautiful accompaniment, this cue is stunning from beginning to end. The climax is superb and serves as a perfect closing statement. Despite some qualms about short track lengths and mediocre classical pastiches, Richard Beto, Richard Birdzall, Ian Livingstone, and Simon Raven are all extremely accomplished composers, and the fusion of their talents is brought to life vividly by the Slovak National Symphony Orchestra and Choir, a sizable and proficient ensemble. Napoleon Total War is perhaps the strongest score in the series, and unquestioningly deserves the Ivor Novello for best video game score that it recently won. Soaring melodies, sensitive underscoring, and a solid live performance come together to produce one of the best game scores we've heard yet this year. My final score for Napoleon Total War is a 9 out of 10. I'm Marius Maslar with Tracksounds.com.